Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Come on, do better than that. Shout a big amen. If you're online, you got to type in all caps. That's what that means. You just, you, you all caps, a big amen. And uh, it was great. Thank you, Roy. It was great worship today. Hey, by the way, I rarely do this because I just, if I start calling names, our dream team is an amazing group of volunteers who give and serve. And yeah. So I'm going to do what I just said, Travis, I don't do, and that is call names. But Cassie, girl, you sing. You hear me today? Where are you at? Where's she at? She's probably back there taking a breather. She needs it. There she is back there. Thanked her and Raymond joined our church, going to Dream Team just a few months ago. Moved here from Houston and did the thing I told you to do. Got all, just went all in. She she told us, "I'm just gonna go all in. I'm not gonna sit back." Went to Growth Track. Got on a team. She's serving. Her brother's serving. Husband just just. And today you were anointed. I'm grateful for you and thanks for joining the team. I love having you here. I want to help you navigate all the relationships in your life well. Last week we talked about fighting fair, how you fight fair. Hope you take good notes today. If you're sitting by someone who's not taking notes, why don't you look at them real judgmentally and ask them, how, how do you remember all this? Why don't, why don't you write some of it down? <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyway, we're going to talk today about how to handle difficult people. Now, I'm going to give you some help today, especially all the married couples. If you're in the room today and this message is speaking to someone you're with, just look straight ahead and don't make any sudden movements, okay? Because I want you to go home with the person that came with you today. I don't want you to break up right here. This is not a good idea. Last week we talked about how to fight, and the truth is that there are just some difficult people in our life. There are some people who I believe have the spiritual gift of just ruining my life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like they went to growth track, took all the assessments, and at the very bottom it says, here's your spiritual gift is making his life difficult. It's just, that, do you know anybody, don't, don't point, don't elbow anybody, just, you know anybody that just feels like they rub you the wrong way? They're out to get you. You know what I'm talking about there? They're just, it just being around them, they're difficult. People are difficult. There are some people in your life, even good Christians, come on everybody, that you just don't like. And here, now listen, everybody shouts amen to that. Here's the, here's the other side. You ready for this? There's some people that just don't like you. That's true. And if you can't think of the difficult people in your life, look at me. They're thinking about you. If you can't, if you can't think, well, I don't think I have any of that, Pastor. I don't know anybody that's real hard to get along with. There's somebody in your life thinking, oh, my gosh, get them, get them, get them, get them, get them. This is for them. Thank you, God, they came to church today. <laughs> Thank you that they tuned in online today because they're just difficult people. And the, and the truth is, it's going to be that way. And I want to give you some hope today, but I, I got I to gotta tell you what Jesus said about the last days. Matthew 24 and 10, Jesus said it like this, And then, in the last days, many will be offended. Underline that word in your Bible. I, if there's any end-time scripture I could teach to you in this season, it is this one right here. That in the, in the end times, in the last days, many will be 
offended and will betray one another. If you don't believe me, just try. Aubrey and I were talking just the other day Aubrey, on, our, on our pastoral team. And we were talking the other day about how we try to go see some people, uh, their Facebook profiles, and we can't get to them or their Instagram. And it took, we're a little slow. I am. He's not. And it took us a while to figure out. Some of y'all done blocked us. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> Many will be offended and put that verse back up and will betray one another and will hate one another. Man, what a life verse. You know what I mean? Aren't you glad you came to church today? Many, many are going to be offended and will uh, uh, betray one another and will hate one another. I don't think we're, I don't think this verse maybe ever was as applicable as it is in 2021. I think in this year, more people in this season are divided, are offended, are betraying each other, and hate one another. Now, I got to be honest with you. There's just no place for this type of behavior in the church of Jesus Christ. I don't care how much you disagree with them. We do not hate them. We, we, it's not my side and your side and I'm right and you're wrong. And if you're wrong, then you, you go to your corner and we cancel you. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. Cancel culture is not kingdom culture. Now, some of you want me to take a harder stand. I, there's probably people who will get offended by this because that's just the way it goes. Pete, people get offended by everything that we say these days. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's the reason I don't believe in boycott culture. Christians who say, well, we don't do that because they, and we don't do that because they, and we don't do that. Let me tell you something. You start going down that road, you won't do anything. You're not supposed to scream at the darkness. You're supposed to shine light when it gets dark. You're not supposed to cancel all the darkness around you. You're supposed to shine a light so bright that everybody in darkness says, I want what they have. I want what they've got. I want to love like they love. I want to accept like they accept. Are you there today? That's our call in cancel culture. But that's, this is just the way it is. There are people who are betraying and hating and offended. How many of you know a control freak? Raise your hand. Some of you tried to raise your hand, and they pulled your hand down beside you. <laughs> Some of you got this far up, and they were like, stop it. That's, don't do that. You know. You know. And, I, and let, me, let me just open by telling you, you're looking at one. I'm not blaming you. I'm not pointing a finger at you. I have a problem with control. I have had the privilege over the course of 20 plus years in ministry to travel quite extensively around the world actually and preach the gospel in different venues and stages. And I don't know why, but earlier in my life, in my early 20s, flying was not that, it was exhilarating. It wasn't that big of a deal. I could sleep on a plane. It was no, it was no problem. I enjoyed it. But the, the older I get, the more scared, I don't want to say scared, the more uh, anxious I get about flying and I figured it out after Mike a few times of preaching like this and a counselor I figured it out it's because now I know everybody tells me you know you're more likely to die in a car wreck you are in a plane crash I get all that yeah I see that but some people walk out of car wrecks nobody walks out of a plane crash okay let's establish that but the other reason why 
is because I'm in control of the car, I'm not in control of the plane. And I have a control problem. My name is Mitch, and I have a control problem. I want to be in control. You may meet difficult people in your life. You may know some difficult people. It may be an authority figure in your life. It may have been a preacher, a teacher, a, a, a parent, a, somebody who abused the power that they had in your life. It, it may have been not malicious. Maybe they, maybe they didn't mean to abuse it. Maybe they were just hurting and afraid and insecure, but they're difficult people. Do you know difficult people in your life? Maybe you know an emotional black hole. I'm telling you, just look straight ahead. An emotional black hole is, is no matter what you do, no matter how much you give, no matter how much attention they get, it's never enough and they always need more. And if they don't get more attention, they're going to pout and they're going to stomp and they're going to whine and they're going to throw a fit. Keep looking straight ahead. Don't elbow nobody. And they're going to, and they're going to, I, I got to walk on eggshells. I'm going to give you the silent treatment. I'm going to threaten you. Are you thinking of somebody in your mind but not coming out of your mouth? There's this emotional black hole. It's never enough. To people like this, attention is all they want. Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are some people who don't want to be healed because they get more attention being broken. Write that down. There are some people I know, you know, I have contact with, you have contact with, who would rather be broken and upset and hurting because being a victim gets you attention like not being a victor. Because victors just get up every day, put their pants on and go to work, love God, love their, love their family, serve, give. Come on, everybody. They just live their lives for others. But victims are always looking for how can I get attention from you. You, <clears throat> you don't believe me, so I'll, I'll show it to you in the Bible. Jesus comes on a blind man. He walks by a blind man and he's begging for alms and he's begging for, can I get some help? And is anybody going to help me? And, and Jesus looks over and he says, will thou be made whole? In other words, do you want to be made whole? Now listen, if I was blind, it makes sense that I want to be made whole. Of course, you're Jesus. Of course I want to be made whole. But Jesus knew this, if you don't want healing, even I can't give it to you. And there's some people who come to church year after year and decade after decade. And it doesn't really matter how powerful God is because they don't want to be healed because being broken gets them more attention. Man, that was the price of admission today. If you fell asleep right now, that was all the preaching you needed today. <laughs> They're just difficult people. There's just people who are hard to deal with. And the Apostle Paul dealt with this, and he gave us instruction about how to deal with difficult people. Second Timothy, Paul writes to the pastor of the church, Timothy, and he says it like this in 2 Timothy 2. Again, I say, I think it's interesting he starts with again, I say. In other words, I've been telling you how to deal with people, but I'm going to do it again. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. There's no verse in the Bible that specifically mentions social media, but if there was one, this would be it. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord. Everybody say, that's me. Come on, say, that's me. 
I must not quarrel, but be kind to everybody. I got to be able to teach everybody by my life. And I got to be, here it is, patient with difficult people. I got to be, keep going. I got to be gentle. I got to gently instruct people who oppose the truth. Perhaps God, now here it is. Now this is the part that's hard for me. Because I want to change people. I, I know what's right and I want to help you see the light. And if you just weren't so dumb and ignorant, you'd listen to what I was saying. Because I know what's right and you're being fooled by CNN. I'll preach to this side, see if it's better. <laughs> I don't want God to do it. I want to correct you. But God said, God's word says, perhaps God will change these people's hearts. And they'll learn the truth. And then they'll come to their senses and escape. Now here's where it gets serious. They'll escape the devil's trap. For they've been held captive by the devil to do whatever he wants. Now, I'm not telling you the difficult people in your life are devils. <laughs> but I am telling you, listen, let me tell you something that I'm learning. Let me tell you something I did this morning. Let me, can I confess to you? I'm, you don't need to be praying against people as much as you need to be praying against the spirit that's behind the person. Let me tell you what I did this morning. There's a situation that I, I'm wrestling with as a leader and I'm, I'm praying about. And I'm, I've, I've prayed about it for months. And my wife knows. And, and I prayed and asked God and how and what do I do and how do I lead through this and how do I lead strong. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me as I prepared this message for you and said, it's not them. There's a spirit behind them. If you'll start attacking and rebuking and taking care of the spirit, then God will take care of them. Is this too spiritual for y'all in February? God wants to change their, instead of arguing with them, why don't you pray, why don't you take authority against the spirit of anger and manipulation and control and hatred and disunity and bitterness that's attacking them. The Bible says it's held them captive. And there's some people in your life, unknowingly, who are being used by the devil to, to come against you, to attack you, to pull you down. Why do you think you always fight on Sunday mornings? Why do you think the argument, we always joke about the argument you have in the car on the way to church. Why do you think that is? Because there's a spirit who says, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to get joy today. I don't want you to get encouraged today. I don't want your life to be lifted today. I don't want you to make spiritual progress. Why do you think you fight on small group night? Why do you think your kids always act dumb on small group days? Oh, is it just me? <laughs> why, 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 do you think, why do you think it is when you're scheduled to serve, everything falls apart? Why? Because there's a spirit that's trying to trap and attack and say, I don't want you to make progress today. I don't want you to, I don't want you to grow today. I don't want you to be in relationship today. I don't want you to worship today. Are you there, everybody? There's a spirit behind it. And it happens to Jesus. So let me teach you a story to, to end this series about how to deal with difficult people in your life from Matthew 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's telling all of his disciples about what's about to happen. He says, I'm about to be crucified. This is about to be over. I'm about to have to go. Uh, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be buried. But I'm going to raise again. But then I'm going back to the Father. And the disciples are struggling with this. you got to imagine three and a half years 
they're struggling with losing their leader, losing someone who's been beside them, and, and I'm worried, and what are we going to do? And there's a loud mouth in the group of the disciples. There's always a loud mouth in the group. <laughs> there's always somebody who speaks up and who takes over, and Peter is the loud mouth in the group. And Peter, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to suffer, but I'm going to be raised back to life. And Peter is a controlling personality. Peter is a difficult person in the group. If you were to look at the disciples and say, which one of them is hard to deal with? It's not Judas. At least everybody knew where Judas was standing. It was Peter because Peter would go back and forth, back and forth and try to control the, the situation. And Peter says to Jesus, I don't want you to do this. You will not die. Absolutely not. I'm not standing for it. And now we pick up the exchange between Jesus and Peter in this difficult situation. Matthew 16 and 22. Peter took him aside. I love this. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> Don't you love the way that's set up? Peter takes Jesus aside and says, listen, I, I appreciate all that you're talking about here, but I've got some, I, I don't like what you're talking about right now. I don't like what you're doing right now. I don't like, I don't like, the, uh, I'm, not, I'm not down on all of this, you're going to die and, and be gone stuff. I don't like what's happening right now. I'm really not in on it. I didn't sign up for this. And, and Peter's trying to control the situation. Peter goes to Jesus and says, I don't like this. I'm going to rebuke you. Never, Lord, he said, this should never happen to you. And Jesus turned. I love this because obviously Jesus has his back to Peter. You, that's what you do to people who just keep nagging. You know what I mean? And Peter is just, if you do it, I'm leaving. If you do it, I'm not going to be your disciple anymore. If you do this, I will not do that. If I'm telling you, this is the last day I'm going to be a disciple if you decide to go. And the Bible says Jesus turned and says to Peter, get behind me. It's always a spirit. It's always more spiritual than you think it is. It's always more spiritual than you think it is. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, he says. You don't have in mind the concerns of God. You're just thinking about you and human concerns. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple is going to have to learn how to deny you, take up your cross, and follow me. Let me teach you in this passage how to deal with difficult people. Three things. Write the first one down. How to deal with the difficult, the people who are trying to ruin your life, the relationships, that it's hard, they're controlling, they're always talking, they're always manipulating, they're always angry, they're an emotional black hole, they're always whining, they're always complaining. Let me tell you how to deal with people like that. Number one, if you want to deal with it like Jesus, you got to know what you are called to do. You have to know what you are called to do. To do. If you're going to deal with controlling people in your life, Jesus answered Peter's, hey, 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 I know what I'm called to do. I'm called to seek and to save sinners. I'm called to give my life for a ransom. I'm called to be brutally murdered and I'm going to be raised back to life. It's the plan of my father. I must do it. It has to happen. It's the way the world's going to be reconciled back to God. I know what I'm here to do. Shout amen to that. If you'll define what you're called to do, then you'll know what you're called not to do. And no one can control someone who knows what they're called to do. 
I don't, want, I don't mean what you're called to. Like I'm called to serve. I'm called to pray. I'm called to worship. I'm called to tithe. I'm called to witness. I'm called to honor. But I'm specifically called to lead the vision of this church to love Brandy and to raise my children. That's my calling. That's what I'm called to do. And the closer you get to your your calling, it clarifies to you when someone tries to control you and tell you what you're supposed to do. No, no, no. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to love Brandy, lead my children, pastor this church with vision, leadership, teaching. That's what God's called me to do. And you can't control what God's calling in my life. The problem is... I know what I'm called to do. You may be called to cure cancer. You may be called to be a missionary to Uganda. You may be called to go back to graduate school. You may be called to be a worship leader. you got to know what you're called to do. The problem is I know what I'm called to do, but I'm also a people pleaser. And the problem with, is anybody a people pleaser? How many of you are people pleasers? Come on, raise your, some of you raised your hand just because you wanted me to feel okay. Because you're such a people pleaser, you're like, oh, just give it to him. Just raise your hand. I'm with you, Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Write this down in your notes. People pleasing is a form of idolatry. People pleasing is a form of idolatry, worshiping idols. How in the world is people pleasing a form of idolatry, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Because people pleasing puts the opinion of other people and the calling of other people above the opinion and calling of God on your life. Let me say it better this way. You'll start thinking, what does Jeremy want me to do instead of what does God want me to do? What does Brandy want me to do instead? What what does God want me to do? I'll change who I am, what I'm doing, how I'm living my life, what I'm called to do. Not because God called me, but because I'm worried about what you think. And People pleasing is a form of idolatry. It puts somebody else's opinion ahead of God's calling in your life. You need to clarify the calling of God on your life. Know what you're called to do. It creates clarity in your life. Because you know what every controlling situation, do you know what every controlling person has in common? Are you ready for this? They have someone else who allows them to be controlled. If you allow someone to control you, then they'll control you. It's because I don't know what my calling is. You got to know what you're called to do. Say amen to that. You got to know what you're called to do. Peter was not the worst guy who ever lived. Peter just didn't know what Jesus was called to do. Number two, you got to know when somebody is trying to control you. Write that down. You got to know when someone is trying to control you. Jesus says to Peter, um... I I know what I've got to do. And I recognize what you're doing is trying to control what God's plan for my life. I'm supposed, it's God's will that I give my life and I'm raised again. And Peter stands Jesus down and tries to control. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I see what's happening here. Peter just didn't understand God's plan. But Jesus knew God's plan. you got to recognize when somebody's threatening you and controlling you with a whole bunch of guilt they're heaping on you. That's the second way to deal with difficult people is you got to recognize, oh, I know what's happening. There are some people who are trying to get you to be offended by what offended them. I'm going to preach here for about 30 seconds, and you better buckle your seatbelts because this is going to get wild. I'm telling you, the turbulence is on the way. Are you ready? 
Are you ready? Are you ready? There are some people, maybe even attending this church, who say, if you don't have anything nice to say, honey, come sit by me. <laughs> I like talking about people. I, what you got? Tell me what you got to talk. Oh, I heard what Pastor did. Oh, I heard what Jerry. You never believe what this. I, I know how this goes. Oh, I've been to this church for a long time. I know what's going on in here. I know what's happening right there. I know what's happening. And I, let me tell you what they did to me. Let me tell you how this all went down to me. Let me tell you how bad they've been to me. Let me tell you what this whole world's done to me. And they're trying to get you to be offended by their offense. That's a control mechanism of someone who didn't heal from their hurt, so they want you to hurt over what hurt them. I told y'all to buckle up. There is no such thing, write this down, as church hurt. There is no such thing. I know it's popular. I know everybody talks about it on Facebook. I don't care how many people repeat it. It's still a lie from hell. You have the right to be wrong. There is no such thing as church hurt. Churches don't hurt people. People hurt people. So quit blaming the entire body of Christ because one offense came into your life. You didn't get hurt at church. You got hurt by people. And people can hurt you at H-E-B. And people can hurt you on your job. And people can hurt you in your family. People can hurt you at every area of your life. That doesn't mean you give up on H-E-B or your family or God's church. Don't let their offense become yours. They'll try to manipulate you. They'll try to rescue you. you got to know when someone is trying to control you. Are you still there? Say amen. amen. All right, now we found some smooth air. Now it's smooth sailing again. Now we found some smooth air. Number three, write this down and we'll wrap up. Number three, got to know when to draw a line in the sand. Peter is trying to control Jesus. Jesus knows what he's called to do. I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm called to do. I know I'm here to give my life. I, Peter, I know that you don't know God's call on my life, but I know God's call on my life, and God's will for my life is to give my life for a ransom. And I recognize what you're doing right now is trying to, you're trying to let your offense become my offense, and your hurt become my hurt, and your concern become my concern. But at some point in your life, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand. Some of you need to schedule a surgery this week. Are you ready for this? Some of you need to have a friendectomy where you cut out some friends in your life who are trying to control you. You need to cut out some negative voices in your life. You need to cut out some, I don't know why you go to that church. I don't know why you even go there. I don't know why. I, you ought to come with me. You ought to, I don't know what you're doing in your life. I don't, I don't know why you would. No, Jesus, you will not do that. If you do that, I will not be a disciple anymore. If you keep serving like this, I'm going to throw a hissy fit every single Sunday morning. You keep serving. I will not tithe. I don't care what you say. This is not, I'm not going to do it. And they're trying to control. And at some point, you just got to say, enough's enough. And Jesus draws a line in the sand. Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turns and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You, you, you only think about how this is affecting you. You don't know God's plan for my life. Why don't you try that next time? Next time your wife tries to make you feel guilty, for eating cake before dinner, why don't you just look at her and point your finger and say, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Our marriage conference is rescheduled for March the 19th and 20th, everybody. 
Come play, Roy. Try to rescue me. Our marriage conference is rescheduled, by the way. Uh, you got more. You got more time now. I want everybody in this church at marriage conference, March nineteenth and twentieth. Say amen to that. You got more time to get a babysitter, get off work, cancel all your other stuff, get to get to marriage conference. You need it. I need it. We need it. Jesus says, "Get behind me." You, you don't know what you're doing right now. You you, you don't know. How much progress I've made. Can I, can I talk to people who have, who've made progress with church and someone, you, you ran into someone who's difficult and has set you back? Can I talk to people who are doing good, praying, fasting, tithing, serving, giving, showing up, and you keep running into this roadblock of somebody, a difficult person? I'm not telling you to call him Satan like Jesus calls Peter, but I am telling you at some point you're just going to draw a line in the sand and decide. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I, I know what God's called me to do. and I, I, Imagine if Jesus was codependent. Oh God, this is more hard preaching. Imagine if Jesus was codependent on Peter. Imagine if Peter had threatened, if you do this, I will not be a disciple. And Jesus goes, okay, 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 okay. All right, just don't, I don't want you to mess up. Don't listen, don't go tell the other boys. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I won't die. I won't let it happen. I'm not going, I'm not going to give in. I just, what if Peter could manipulate Jesus? If you do it, I'm going to unfollow you on Instagram. If you do it, we won't be Facebook friends anymore. If you keep going to that church, if you keep serving like that, if you keep talking positive, if you keep doing, I'm not going to do this anymore. What if Jesus was just said, I don't, I don't want you to throw a fit. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm okay. Then you and I wouldn't have access to God. But Jesus knew, I can't let difficult people stop me from the purpose of God in my life. And you cannot allow people who are offended and hateful. I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. Pat's going to get worse. There's hatred, there's offense. But we are called to be people of joy and of light and the salt of the earth and a city who's set on a hill. And the world is getting more polarizing and you and I are getting more unified. And the world is finding their corners and whose side are you on? And I can't believe you voted for it. Why would you do that? And you're so stupid to take that. And why would you do it? You don't wear a mask. You don't care about nobody. You don't have any faith because you wear a mask all the time. Y'all thought I was through. I'm not through yet. I can't believe you're going to take the vaccine. Why would you not take the vaccine, you grandma killer? You understand where the world is right now? Oh, y'all thought I wasn't going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I hate the devil right now so bad. I'm going to talk about it because in Jesus' name, we're going to let the world fight all that out. Here, we're going to love people back to hope. Tension and racial tension and political tension. and You think it's going to get better when your candidate gets in. It will not. Jesus said, many will be offended. Many are good. They're going to be hatred. They're going to be people who look for offense. So you better be armed. I got to. The reason I'm teaching you this way is because I want to train you. The world that we're walking into is full of offense and hatred, and it's God's people who are going to be the peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the people who know how to deal 
If you give control to a difficult person, God isn't directing you. Somebody else is. Write this down in your notes. I'm, I'm almost done. Pl- I, ca- I even called for Roy. I'm trying to hurry up. Write this down. i got to give you this. The relationships you have in your life are a combination of the things you've created and the things you've allowed. If you don't like the relationships you have, they are a combination of what you have created and what you have allowed. Some of us have created situations within our marriage, with our siblings, with our friends, with our boss, with our coworkers, with our church friends, and you don't like the situation. But the relationship you have, you have because you either created it or you allowed it. At some point, you either don't like what you have. If you don't like what you have, write this in your notes. If you don't like what you have, you got to change what you expect and what you accept. you got to change what you expect out of a situation and what you accept. I will not accept your controlling, manipulating anymore. I'm drawing a line in the sand today. I will not accept you to throw a toddler fit anymore. Because you're not, I love you, but you're not going to heap a whole bunch of guilt and bitterness and frustration on me. Am I helping anybody in the room? I really, I really, I prayed about it. I really did. I didn't just come here to try to beat you over the head with God's word. I really asked God to help me. Because we're in this abrasive, defensive world, John. And, and, and we got to... We got a world to win. Come on, we got heaven to fill up and hell to empty. We got work to do. We got purpose to do. We got a mission to be on. I want to help you in your relationships. If you don't like it, expect something better. If you don't like it, I will not accept disrespect anymore. I will not accept anger and dishonor. I will not. Look at these ears. Everybody, 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 church online, look into that camera. Get real close. Get real tight. Which one am I looking at? I'm looking right here. Camera number two, look at me. Look at these ears. They are not trash cans. I don't need to hear all your gossip and negativity and what's wrong with everybody. I don't need to hear how the world's going to hell in a handbasket and this government's failing us and the world's going to... America's never going to be saved and I don't know what... And that church is terrible and I don't need church anyway. And why would you... I don't need to hear it anymore. I tell you what these ears need to be filled up with. Jesus is still on the throne. God is still able. Anything is possible. There's still hope. Jesus is still alive. We got work to do. God loves everybody. God's on our side. Come on, Phil. I'm just going to draw. I will not accept it anymore. I love you. But I'm not going to bail you out this time. Let me help some parents. We used to call it tough love. I don't know what we call it now, just mean or I don't know. But I can't keep bailing you out and you learn anything. It's controlling. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a line in the sand. And let's be honest. It's easy. It's easy to point at everybody else who's trying to control us. But I want to help people like me who are trying to control everything. We're almost 12 months away. We're actually two weeks away from the one-year anniversary of 14 days to flatten the curve. (laughs) That kind of went sideways. And I have struggled this year maybe more than ever in my Christian life. Maybe more than ever. 
Some things I've confessed to my wife and my counselor and my friends and my pastor, and some things I haven't. I've only gone to God. And it's because I didn't have control. I've mourned what we lost. And I've mourned what isn't the same. I've lost my temper and gotten frustrated. I've said things I didn't mean. I've been negative and willing to walk away and give up because nothing's the same. And if I'm honest with you, it's because I've been out of control. And I like control. I like to have it my way. I like it to go the way I want it to go. And there's just some things in this world that are spinning out of control. And here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell everybody in the room, all the control freaks, all the difficult people. I've been telling you how to deal with them. Now let me tell you if you are one. If you is one, come on. Like I is. God is in control. And Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, this is how he ends the confrontation with a difficult person. Whoever wants to be my disciple has to give up control. Whoever wants to be my disciple has to deny yourself and take up your cross and realize God is in control. God knows best. I know it's been hard. I know these relationships have been I know more marriages are failing now than at any point in American history maybe human history it's, it's unbelievable I've told you often all the bad stuff's up teenage suicide in 2020 24% of adolescents under the age of 24 years old were, subscribed, were prescribed uh, antidepressants or anxiety medication 24% 24 one out of every four under the age of 24, were prescribed antidepressants. All the bad things are up. I'm telling you, the devil isn't pulling any punch. This is his shot. Because Jesus is coming back, and the devil is doing everything he can to wreak havoc and hell on this world. But in Jesus' name, listen, to, I don't care where your end-time theology. Let me, take, let me give you a little bit of mine. We're about to get out of here. Jesus is coming back, everybody. And we got work to do. We got work to do. And we can't get sidetracked. We can't get sidetracked with broken relationships. We can't get sidetracked in our marriage with anxiety and fear and worry. And we can't let the devil. We're stuck together. We're stuck together. God put us together. You can deal with difficult people in your life. God, God, God will give you the help and the tools. But you can also get deliverance. You can find a way to surrender all to God today. Really, that's my deepest prayer for you. In this whole relationship series, my deepest prayer is that you finally surrender my marriage to God, the relationship with my kids, the relationship with my church, with my family that's broken, mom and dad, or maybe siblings you haven't spoken to in years. That, that, that you finally do what Jesus said. I'm going to deny me. I don't have to be right. I'm going to give it to God. Wherever you are today, at church online or in the room, why don't you bow your heads and let's ask God to help us through that. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for people who today feel broken and hurting and 
there's a relationship that's broken in their life. God, I pray really about this message in the last three weeks. I pray against brokenness, hurt, pain. I pray for marriages that are suffering in this season. We've been stuck together for a long time. I pray for hurting family members, sons and daughters who haven't spoken to their parents or parents who haven't spoken to their children or siblings who aren't talking. I pray for in-laws in situations where daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws struggle with their extended families. I pray. I pray for people who are being controlled and manipulated. I pray for the spirit of offense. I rebuke in Jesus' name the spirit of offense. God, I choose today not to live my life offended and hurt and as a victim. I choose today to forgive. Come on, if you're sitting by your spouse, reach over and take them by the hand. I choose today to forgive offense. I'm not going to let hatred and bitterness creep up into my heart. I'm not going to let a root of bitterness grow in me. We're stuck together. As the world gets more polarizing and more, more separate and, and pointing fingers and who's right and who's wrong, I will not, I'm not giving in to that. We're going to be unified. My church family, my family of origin, my family of choice, my small group, my marriage, my children, my grandchildren, we're going, we're going to stick together. We're going to stick together. Because like Jesus tells Peter, I got work to do. God, we got work to do as a church. We got work to do as a family. We got work to do, Brandy and I, Hazel and Henry. We're going to stick together. We're not going to let offense grow up in our home. God, I pray for healing today in every relationship. If you've never given your whole heart to Jesus, it's the first step. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny yourself. That's called repentance. You're going to have to take up your cross. And you're going to have to follow him. Today, I want to give you a chance to recommit your life to Christ or to make that decision, some of you, for the very first time. If that's you, this is the most important prayer you'll ever pray. And I can't pray it for you, but I can pray it along with you. As a matter of fact, everybody will pray it along with you. Sounds like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for paying the price. I repent of all of my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me new. God, I give you my hopes, my dreams, my future. Be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.